You're listening to another episode of Heatwave Radio's Classic Movies Live. Uh, the last time that you heard us, we were talking about Turning Red. That was exactly one week ago, and I will not hear it said otherwise. And this week, we're going to be talking about another movie that came out in March. I think it came out just after our Turning Red episode, so um, this is like... Maybe a little late, but anyway, it's one week after our Turning Red episode, so uh, this is very current, I suppose. Uh, we're going to talk today about the movie The Lost City, featuring Sandra Bullock and Channing Tatum. And, um, you know, Pierre and I knew almost nothing about this movie going into it, so I am going to... Uh, not spoil any of this movie for you in the intro and in fact we don't spoil too much of it in our uh, in our review this is a mostly spoiler free episode we certainly um go out of our way to avoid spoilers where we can but like if you want to go in completely blind then you know we are going to talk about characters in the movie so you know can't talk about the movie without talking about the movie uh, you're about to hear something from that, um, but just one last thing. We are going to end this um, end this show with our thoughts on the Oscars. Um, last year we did like a full breakdown of the Oscars right afterwards, and I don't think there was uh, as much reason to do that this year. So we're we're just gonna, but but we're not gonna leave it unaddressed. We're gonna talk a little bit about the Oscars. If you want to just hear about the Oscars, I think that's like thirty minutes in. So uh, there you go. Anyway, here's gonna be some song from the Lost City. Here's a song from the Lost City uh, by Pinar Toprak. This is another episode of Classic Movies Live, the pre-recorded show where we talk about movies that just came out. And today's movie, I don't know, it feels like it just came out. I think I just saw it. Uh, we're going to talk about The Lost City, which is the new Sandra Bullock movie and uh, one of the new Channing Tatum movies. Channing Tatum's having a huge year this year, actually. Uh, he is? Yeah. yeah, he actually just had his directorial debut. I don't know if you... Oh, I had that. no idea. I, I thought Channing Tatum, I almost felt bad for him because I hadn't seen him in a movie for so long. Oh, yeah. He's, um, I actually don't know. I don't know that he's been in a lot of movies recently. I feel like, like, it feels to me like he has, but like, 
maybe I've just seen a lot of Channing Tatum movies recently. Yeah, he wasn't in... Oh, he was in Free Guy, apparently. That was a cameo appearance. It wasn't... Gotcha. But he uh, he recently released a movie called Dog, where uh, that was his directorial debut. I don't know exactly what it's about, but uh, it's about a dog. That's interesting. He, uh, it, it, made, it made really good money, too. Wait, what? That doesn't seem right. Well, um, it was, it was pretty hyped, at least here. I mean, oh, wow. I mean, well, I don't know about hyped necessarily, but like there were trailers before like every movie for several months. So I, I'm really confused. I've never seen a trailer for this movie <laughs> and I had no, I, I have no idea how I made this much money from um, a movie titled dog. That's like really impressive. Yeah. Like, this much like more money. Box office smash. <laughs> Like, yeah, what the hell? That's, oh my god, I'm like, this. Is, I feel like oh, I'm wow. in a fever dream right now. It it made more money than The Lost City. I mean, we're not talking about dog today, but maybe we should. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, I'm kind of curious now. Um, but yeah, yeah, The the, uh, the Lost City. Um, so... This movie was really nice. Uh, I went and saw... Well, well, we'll talk about it, obviously, in a lot of details later. But, like, I went and saw this. It was a pretty low-stakes movie. It was just not connected to anything. It was not depressing. It was just, like, a nice a nice movie and a type of movie I haven't seen recently a lot. Um, which I guess is just nice movies that are, that are enjoyable to sit through and eat popcorn. Um... But Pierre, what did you think of this movie? And do you want to tell us what it's about <laughs> sure. in any order? Uh, this movie follows Sandra Bullock's character, whose name is Loretta Sage. Loretta, Loretta Sage. Um, and so she's a writer who is basically writing like this kind of smut fiction smut adventure fiction where uh um with, with who with where Channing Tatum is the model who goes on the cover of her books and she is the other wait she's the other model on the book I guess but he plays like the yeah okay I don't I it was kind of confusing for me that part but basically she she's an author and mm-hmm. she doesn't like the book she writes um and Channing Tatum is a model that poses on the cover of her books. And then one day she gets kidnapped by a billionaire played by Daniel Radcliffe, um, who for some reason believes that she can help them track down this ancient tomb or ancient uh, burial site slash, I think, religious site that potentially has a lot of treasure. Um so they take her to this island. I don't know where it is, and uh, they, um, and then I guess Channing Tatum goes to rescue her, and uh, yeah, that's that's kind of the premise of the movie. Yeah, and I guess like to fill in the reason that Daniel Radcliffe take um, kidnaps her is that Loretta Sage was a she was a. I think she may have been a PhD student. She definitely got like her master's in. Um, ancient languages and her character that she writes in her Harlequin romance books 
is an archaeologist, like a sexy Indiana Jones type. And like, as Daniel Radcliffe is reading her books, she he notices that she's... Um, that like one of the things that her character does is just casually decipher uh, this ancient language that no one else has ever been able to decipher. And so he uh, scoops her up and takes her into the middle of the ocean so that she can decipher some ancient languages for him. There you go. That I see. I did not follow that when I watched <laughs> the movie. Um, yeah. And uh, it, it's a, uh... I don't know. It, it's I guess it's a. It reminded me a lot of this series back in uh, I think it was the '80s, starring Michael Douglas and I think it was Catherine Zeta-Jones, uh, romancing the stone. Um, that that was basically like a rom-com adventure movie. Um, which was kind of cute, but like didn't really try too hard. Um, and this felt like a very modern retelling of something like that, I guess. Oh, wow. Like, Romancing the Stone. I didn't know what it was about. I've heard the name, because it's like a really... Uh, it's a name that, like... It's, it's a great name for a movie. Um, but then, I guess, yeah, I'm l- l- looking at the plot now. It literally is about a romance novelist who goes oh. on an adventure... Never mind. I didn't. I didn't even realize. I've watched it before. I for, totally forgot it was about a novelist. <laughs> Holy shit! Wow. Yeah. So like, so like quite. So almost like a modern modern remake of of that. I feel like this is this movie is like a loving homage to a lot of things, and like the fact that it's that similar that like that particular plot element is similar to Romancing the Stone. Definitely not by accident. Yeah. Like. Well, it almost seems like a s- slight parody in a way too, because yeah. there's a uh, Brad Brad Pitt comes in the movie who is I think much more similar to Michael Douglas's character in Romancing the Stone, um, and uh, and he's contrasted with Channing Tatum, who's the actual kind of savior in the movie, mm-hmm. um, who is has no experience and is much more of a comedic a comedic character than a, the badass that Michael Douglas and Brad Pitt are in the, yeah. these respective movies. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know, but that, that's actually really cool. Um, but yeah, no, I don't know. This is uh, what I thought was like, this was a movie that obviously didn't take itself very seriously. Um, I thought it had some pretty good casting. I think Channing Tatum's always so funny. I think they go a little too far sometimes. I guess a little stupid, but like in terms of him playing a stupid character, he's he's a genius at it. I don't know how what he does, but like he he definitely has improv skills, as we saw in like Twenty One and Twenty Two Jump Street, and he he really does bring it in this movie. And um, I think like he clearly chooses these roles too because this movie. Uh, in this movie, Channing Tatum plays kind of a stupid character. Like, he's he's a model, and for most of the movie, he's like... Or not for most, but for a lot of the movie, he's portrayed as, like, stereotypical himbo model. But at the same time, like, he's not an idiot. He's, like, a real person, and he gets to, like, show off a fully-fledged... Uh, like, a fully-fleshed-out character that I really appreciated, because it's, like... Him being stupid is the butt of the joke sometimes, 
but it's not like he himself is the butt of the joke. Yeah, well, they, they, like that plays into the, I guess, his character arc too, because he's he's mm-hmm. supposed to be like, I mean, it's it's the classic "don't judge a book by its cover." Yeah, uh, concept. Um, I think I he literally was, says that at some point too. Oh well, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> he's like, I thought that you of all people talking to an <laughs> author would know would know about not judging a book by its cover. Yeah, which is like such a corny line, but I feel like. I don't remember this movie, that line that well, but I I remember like, it being actually like, like it was kind of corny in a fun, fun way. The writers worked really hard to put that in there in a way that didn't seem shoehorned in and they nailed it. I yeah. Think. Yeah. And I, I think a big part of that was Channing Tatum. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, he, he's, this is why I like, I want to see Channing Tatum in more stuff. Um, I haven't seen him in anything in a while. That's that's probably why I wanted to watch this movie, honestly, because I think he's someone that has like so much potential, um, but he's overlooked a lot, and that's not something I'd ever thought I'd say about Channing Tatum when I first saw him in GI Joe. But you know, uh, that's that's the way it is. Um, and also Sandra Sandra Bullock was uh, really great. I mean, like she she kind of played the the classic Sandra Bullock character. I don't really know. She's been in a lot of rom-coms. We know what she can do. And yeah. like this is another one where she does it very well. Well, yeah, she does it great. It's just like, you know, basically what I was expecting. Um Daniel Radcliffe. Oh my god. I I just needed more of him. I was really sad he wasn't in this movie more. I, I, the more I see of Daniel Radcliffe post Harry Potter, the more I want him to just be in everything. Like he picks only roles that he thinks are going to be really funny. And, like, he's almost always right. The last couple of movies I've seen him in were Swiss Army Man, where he plays, like, a farting corpse that learns to be human. Uh, This movie, where he's, like, where he plays a billionaire playboy, but he's, like, a really funny villain. And then um, Guns Akimbo, where he gets two guns strapped, like, surgically grafted to his hands, and he has to, like, run through the city and try and get the guns off his hands. And, like, it's a stupid movie, but it is a hilarious role from Daniel Radcliffe. Yeah, I, I, it just feels like he's so excited about mm-hmm. filmmaking and acting in general. Um, and it really does come off in this movie. I love the... the bill, like, because he's, like, the billionaire villain. But, like, I, I love how he's able to play it so... He's, he's still able to play classy... While still also appearing like very like slightly like slightly but also extremely insane if that makes sense but without like mm-hmm. going overboard insane and just being like like the classic like I don't know like because this wasn't like a serious character right so we didn't need like an insane like e- extremely evil villain um, and there was like some I don't he he brought a lot of comedy to it too there's some there's some scenes. Of his, there's that one line where he's like, what, I think it was like Sandra Bullock's like, talks, says something about a hamster. Wait, what's that line, dude? And he's walking away and he's like, he's like he says something about a hamster's art asshole or something like that. I do not know. What oh you're my God. I'm so sorry. I don't know. It was like the worst pun, pun ever. And I died laughing because Daniel Radcliffe just looked. It's the worst joke ever, but the way he delivered it was 
insanely funny. It was just like, he, he looked so proud of himself <laughs> when he did it. And I, I couldn't do, there's so many jokes like that actually in this movie that like, they should not work. They're like the worst jokes ever, but it, they actually make it work really well. And like, I, I, yeah. And that was one of them. Oh God. Like this movie. So this movie is about, it's literally about someone who writes Harlequin romances and it is, tongue-in-cheek in exactly that way like there's so much stuff in this movie that is really corny but is executed so well that it just ends up being really funny like i mean right down to the casting like only daniel radcliffe channing tatum and sandra bullock could deliver these these like stupid jokes as well as they do yeah i like it's actually like even the side characters too like some of these uh there, there's that one line where <laughs> i think it was i can't remember i think it was the sandra bullock's like manager uh like author manager um because she has this kind of side plot that felt very similar to tropic thunder where the manager needs to go find the client um who's been kidnapped so she goes on her own little side quest um and then there's this i think there's this one line where she's with her grandma and her friend like calls her grandma a slut in like a in like a joking way, like how how you would call like like a, another girl you're hanging out with. And then, never mind. I, I'm like going into it too much. It's so funny in the movie though. Oh my god. Like, yeah. I, I can't stress this movie is actually hilarious. I laughed out. I laughed out aloud, like a lot. It, it was definitely worth it. Um, yeah. Yeah. Oh, and uh. What do you think of Brad, Brad Pitt? I love Brad Pitt's comedic roles. And like, he's doing, I don't know if he's doing more of them than he has. Like, it's just, it feels like he's doing more of them recently than he usually does. But like, I don't know if that's actually true. I just like, I've, I've actually probably seen him in more comedic roles than serious ones. And like, I love him in those so much. Like, he, he plays it so well. I think, like, like you said, he's basically a parody of the standard action hero in this movie. Mm. And, like, um, it's really funny to see that versus Channing Tatum, who is the actual, like, main character of this movie. But, like, his whole point is that he's not the standard action hero. So it's really funny to see them together. And, like, Brad Pitt also... I really like in movies where they have like one guy who can do everything. And then that guy just like is out of the equation really fast for some reason. Like mystery men did that really nicely in this movie. Like at a certain point in the movie, I won't spoil exactly what happens, but Brad Pitt is like no longer around. So they can't rely on the one guy who actually is trained to go through the jungle to go through the jungle. Yeah. I, I really liked Brad Pitt in this. I thought he was really funny. Yeah, I was kind of a. I was. I had no idea it was in this. By the way, and I don't know if it was like a secret role that like wasn't advertised at all. Honestly, I um, don't think it was secret. But like, well, I I didn't see that much material for this, and I didn't see him in trailers that I saw for this. Okay. So I don't know that it was yeah. a secret, but it wasn't advertised. Like it was supposed to be a secret. Yeah, because like the way I remember like hearing the voice on the phone when they first call him, like, is, is that? Brad Pitt, like, what the hell is he? How how the hell is he in this movie? Uh, but yeah, that was that was really cool. Um, and the few scenes he does have are like, yeah, really, really solid. And the act, actually, the action court, like the choreography, 
when he is fighting is was really fun to watch too. They're like it was all really creative. Um, especially contrasted with Channing Tatum, who <laughs> like they had that joke where it was like Channing Tatum kept punching people he already knocked out. Basically, <laughs> he was like, "Hey, why are you doing this?" Um, and then, like at a certain point, at a certain point, wasn't he just like, "Good job, champ"? <laughs> yeah, he's like, "You're doing your best." Yeah. Um. Yeah, I, I guess. Um, I don't like this. There's not much to say about this movie. It's, it's just like it's a really fun movie to watch. I, I guess maybe like, obviously, like I've been gushing about this movie. It's not the greatest movie. Like, I think the rom. I think the rom. Like, I don't know if the. Uh, Sandra Bullock and Channing Tatum had the best chemistry to to carry the movie into the third act when when it kind of gets more serious, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I thought it was cute, um, and yeah, the like the plot in I just did not care about the plot in general, like the actual like finding of this this tomb or what. Like I didn't know what they were searching for for most of the movie. Um, I thought they could have done a much better job of like I guess making that a more because it felt more like the that plot was an excuse to see Channing Tatum and Sandra Bullock hang out, basically, the mm-hmm. whole movie. Um, and, like, the actual plot was just, like, kind of left aside and didn't really matter. But, I mean, that's I wasn't really looking for that anyway, so. Yeah, for me, this movie was, like, really nostalgic in a really nice way, because, like, um, it reminded me of like way back, way, way back when I would go to see like the mummy and stuff in theaters and like, you know, the mummy is not one of my favorite movies of all time. And it's one that I don't talk about that often. It does. It doesn't mean that like, I really like the mummy, but like, you know, it's, if I have to qualify my statement of this movie is good, but it could be better. It's like, well, there you go. It's not one that I'm necessarily going to talk about a bunch in five years, but it was really nice because, you know, you go in there and it's just like you get to see a bunch of cool stuff happening in a jungle. There's a lot of snakes. There's like a bunch of funny people being funny. Brad Pitt kills a man, you know, fun stuff. So like <laughs> yeah. it was just it was just like it, this felt like an old 90s or early 2000s blockbuster. And it was different in a lot of important ways because like the social dynamics since then have changed. And I think that was reflected a little bit in some of the messaging in the movie, even though the messaging wasn't like, none of the messaging was like super in depth or anything. Like a lot of it really was just don't judge a book by its cover and don't shame people for being interested in stuff. And like, that's not exactly like a deep new message or anything, but the way that that's delivered is definitely different than it would have been in like 1997 or something. Right. And um, oh, for sure! Like they they gave Sandra Bullock like an important role. Mm-hmm. Like when I watched *Romancing the Stone*, it was, it was, it was kind of it, it was a little like gross with how how vulnerable they made they made her in that movie, and like how how oddly manly they made Michael Douglas. Even though I don't, I don't know, it was Michael Douglas like a huge sex symbol in the '80s? I never really, I don't see him as like. Like the big hulking, like it, it felt like they were portraying like Arnold Schwarzenegger or something. But it's Michael Douglas, like, like I love I him, know, but like he, he, I never, I don't see him as like a manly man, if that makes sense. But yeah, I always think of him in Wall Street, and so like I always think like it, 
Wall Street. Like, is that is that the symbol of is that the symbol of like America's man? Like, maybe I I, I don't I don't know. I guess um, he was in well, he was in Apocalypse Now, but he wasn't like a super manly character in Apocalypse Now. Not that maybe. he was like the opposite no. of manly; he just wasn't. When like, was he in Apocalypse Now? He was the main character in Apocalypse Now, wasn't he? Oh no, that's uh, that's that's Michael Sheen. <laughs> oh my God! Yeah, Michael. I get Michael Douglas and Michael Sheen, and like that's fair. The other, the other Sheen mixed up all I think the time. They're both like the same age, and they're both named Michael. And they both like are kind of the same level of fame. So, wait, was Michael sense. Douglas in Wall Street? Yes, he was. Okay, he was in Wall Street. Oh, okay. And Charlie Sheen was also in Wall Street. So I always thought it was Michael Sheen Michael in Wall Street. Sheen. <laughs> oh like my Charlie god! Charlie Sheen was. I forgot about that guy. I was like, oh wait, that's. that's yeah, so tune in next week when we're going to talk about Wall Street. I guess. Yeah. There we go. Now I'm excited. <laughs> um, well, well, I also um, want to say this is, I thought it was cool because this is like an original movie. Well, like, I mean, obviously it was based heavily on other stuff, but it, it was an original movie that was given a big budget and that's something we never see nowadays. So I thought that yeah. was really cool too. And, so, and like, nice to support that, I guess. For sure. It's definitely nice to see, I mean, if nothing else, we definitely do live in a time where there's more and more sequels and non-original stuff. And like, sure, I'm the 128th person to make that observation, at least. But like, it is nice to see something original at least do kind of well. I don't think this movie is going to turn a profit. No. But it is. It, it at least did well enough that it might. Probably not. <laughs> Probably not. Yeah. But its, it's box office so far is... 66.7 million and like if that does increase a little bit more then if it didn't spend that much on marketing it's possible it could break even no I, because what I they feel do, like it probably won't. when you look at the what it makes you have to you have to cut it in half because theaters take half that or 40 percent of that oh right and then you have yeah to okay so this it. movie probably did not succeed yeah but, um, I'm still you know. qualifying that with probably because the Hollywood, Hollywood, Hollywood accounting, accounting is, <laughs> yeah. is its it own can, special thing. It work wonders. Um, but yeah, I don't, wait, I was going to, like, I don't know, maybe, it, like, I, I think, like, the pro, like, one of the problems was, there was, because I remember seeing trailers for this, but I never thought it looked interesting at all. Um. And I don't know, I can't, I need to watch the trailers again, but I feel like it was just misadvertised in a lot of ways. I definitely like, I, had I zero have... idea what this movie was about going into it. Yeah, exactly. Like, same. And I, I wasn't expecting anything like what I got. Um, and if I knew what I was getting, like, I might have chosen to watch this, if that makes sense. Where this was, when I watched this, this was more like, I'm really bored. Or I'm really, like, I'm really stressed. I need to watch want to watch anything in theaters in this Channing Tatum so I was like oh okay this is something but yeah. I think this movie will probably do pretty well on streaming for a couple of years like oh yeah yeah yeah. as soon as it goes to Paramount Plus then I oh. think it's gonna be fine yeah well all the people subscribed to Paramount Plus will <laughs> love this I don't are you do you have Paramount Plus sorry I, I don't 
I don't think I, it's I a don't. Canadian thing, actually. Maybe I don't, we I don't do even know. We do have it in Canada. Oh, okay, cool. I know because normally when we don't have a streaming service in Canada, it comes to Crave, mm. and then you can just watch stuff there. Nothing on Paramount Plus is coming to Crave. It's all on Paramount Plus CA. Interesting. Cool. Mm. Um, well, wait, what would you give this movie? Sorry. I think I'd give it like a very strong six or maybe a weak seven out of ten. Mm. I did like it. It's not... It's not like anything, it didn't blow me away, but of course it didn't. It wasn't going for that. I just really enjoyed sitting in the theater and watching this movie. Yeah, I, th- I think I gave it like a, a 6.5. Um, but yeah, this was definitely like the most fun I've had in the theater this year so far. For sure. Um, I, I'd rather like rewatch this than watch the Batman again, if I'm going to be honest. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. <laughs> Anyways. And like we talked about this before before the episode, we will talk about the Batman. We haven't gotten there yet, but we will. It'll happen when it comes on HBO Max. Yeah, that's the current plan. Um, but yeah, last thing, I don't want to dwell on it too much, but it feels weird to have talked about the Oscars for so long and then just not address the ceremony at all. Do you want to talk about that a little bit, Pierre? How did you watch the Oscars? I did. I did, yeah. What'd you think? Um, I was just mostly... I was pretty bored until the... You know what happened. So, I... Uh, you know, I, I think, like, a lot of the awards I, I could have guessed. Um, like, obviously, Dune won a lot of the technical awards. I can't... I actually don't think there was much I was upset by this year, like... Um, I didn't mind the best picture winner. Um, I just like, but like the movies in general that were, that were up this year, I, I, I just didn't really care for any of them. Um, which is like the first I time I think I've ever felt that way. Wow. Um, like, cause even last year, I thought last year was pretty bad, but like, I absolutely loved, uh, Sound of Silence and, uh, Sound of Metal? The <laughs> Sound of... The sound of I I I loved the sound of metal and I loved uh, promising young woman. I thought those were both amazing movies. Um, like those two felt like because I remember when I used to watch these Oscar movies, there'd be like five movies that were amazing, mm-hmm. and it made sense that they were best picture because they I always felt something when I watched it. Um, yeah. And last year there was only two, but it made sense because it was COVID. So I was like, okay, like I get that. But this year there was nothing. Like I. I did not vibe with any of these movies. Um, that that hurts me, but also I, I understand. <laughs> but uh, in terms of uh, like like upsets, yeah, I can't think of anything I was upset about. I just like I'm just kind of at a point where I don't I don't really care um, about a lot of it. So I was okay. I was I really wanted Andrew Garfield to win Best Actor. I'm not gonna lie. Absolutely, dude. Um, and I really wish. Tick Tick Boom was nominated for more, I guess, because mm-hmm. I mean we talked about it earlier, but yeah, Tick Tick Boom was probably the best movie I saw this year, and that that's one and of the like, movies that that felt like an Oscar, a deserving movie from past years. Hmm. I was I was definitely hoping that Lin Manuel Miranda would round out his uh, his his awards collection with an Oscar for directing, but of course not. So. Yeah, that would be too good. Um, 
Yeah, I, I just, I don't understand. Like, Coda was a solid movie, but, like, I, I just think Tick, Tick, Boom is, like, a level or two above it. I don't know. I, mm-hmm. I, I don't get it. Um, yeah, I don't know. What, what did you think? Did you? I know you watched the Oscars. Yeah, I watched them. I guess, like, nothing was surprising. I was personally, personally, like, I hated the Best Actor and Best Actress winners. I thought Will Smith was... I thought he was just getting rewarded for like an Oscar Beatty role that like wasn't even that good in my opinion. Uh, clearly my opinion is not the one that gave him the award. So, and then Jessica Chastain, I thought that might've been her worst role in any movie ever. And she was awarded for it. And then she, and like everything, everything she said on the, everything she said leading up to it was just, just made me dislike that role more. I mm. really hated that movie so much, <laughs> but like, again, it ultimately doesn't matter. I don't know. I thought the awards this year were like super embarrassing. Mm-hmm. There's obviously the big event that no one will shut up about. Uh, and beyond that, like they presented, like they spliced in eight different, uh, eight of the categories were spliced in, in like awkward positions. They had makeup and hairstyling last because it was presented before the ceremony, but they sliced it in the, spliced it in right before the best picture, which was super weird. Um, like the hosts weren't funny, but I don't like the, ho- I don't like hosts at these award shows anyway. So like, I guess whatever. Uh, it was super long. Some of these jokes were really bad, dude. I couldn't believe like how bad the hosts were in some of these cases. Yeah. Um, yeah. And also, yeah, the splicing of the awards, I think it was clever and I think it would have been, it's nice, but they still went way over time. So it's like. They what, were 30 minutes longer than last year. Yeah, I don't get that. It's like, okay, if, if we're, if we're cutting, if we're cutting out these awards, at least make it worth it. At least make yeah. it way shorter. But they didn't. They made it longer because of like some of their stupid like host antics, I think. They cut um, so many things that, like, didn't make sense to cut. Like, did you see when Ryuchi... Is it Ryuchi? I think it's Ryusuke. Let me let me check the director of Drive My Car, just so I don't get his name wrong. I think it's Ryusuke Hamaguchi. Um, yeah, Ryusuke Hamaguchi went on stage, and, like, he started talking to accept his award, and then he paused because English isn't his first language and they started playing him off and he went, well, no, hold on, hold on. I'm not done yet. So he yeah. started talking again and then he paused again because again, English isn't his first language and they played him off and escorted him off stage, which yeah, I thought was like, it's really wanted it's him like, off. this isn't the part you want to cut guys. Yeah, exactly. And then like, there's no way they would ever do that to like Will Smith, you know, <laughs> like yeah, who, who should have been escorted off. Um, oh, yeah, which is like kind of ridiculous. So, anyways, I I don't know. I think it's just annoying how those awards are run most of the time. I don't love the awards show. I think, and I yeah, I don't like I don't like the awards show very much. But like, I'm probably gonna keep watching it. I guess because like I don't know. I can say I'm never gonna watch it again. But this is now a year before the next awards show. Oh, so who yeah, knows how I'm gonna feel about right that. after? Yeah. No, I, I'm not gonna watch them next year. I, I um, unless like like someone I, I'm wants to hang out and watch them. I guess like because like yeah, I, I I don't. It's not funny. I don't care about like the awards. Like I thought the movies were shit this year. Um and and it's just like 
It's just kind of funny. I, I feel like like they really peaked. Like we talked about this. They peaked in 2019 or the 2020 awards. And then mm-hmm. like ever since then, it's like they can't keep it's like they keep upping the ante with how ridiculous it gets. Like they peaked. And then like 2020 was like that, all that shit with the with the uh moving what was it? Moving Chris the best actor to last and then having the person they expected to win not win. Um and then and then like ending the ceremony on like basically like really awkward silence, which I thought was hilarious. Um and then this year literally having a man punch another man on stage and then win best actor. It felt like it feels like I'm watching wrestling at this point. Like it's like I don't even care. Like, cause, and I was so bored before that happened too, right? And I wasn't paying attention. And it's like, they, if I remember, like, oh, go ahead. Oh, it's just like, it's like I they they can't it's they can't keep doing more if that makes sense. Like, it can't get more ridiculous than this. So I'm just like, this is the best it can get. Like, like I don't like awards wise. I saw the best year. I feel like, and then like drama wise, I think I saw the best year. And it's just like it just feels like it's a joke now. Like something like that can't oh, yeah. happen, and you can't still expect me to be like this is like this is a prestigious ceremony that like should be respected. Um, it's Straight just kind up. of a, it's a joke right now, and I think it's I think it's funny. I'll still watch all the movies they nominate because I think I'm interested. I do like how the Oscars do that rather than the Grammys, where they they bring a lot of light to these small movies. Um, but yeah, I'm not gonna watch the Oscars. No. I I think that like I mean maybe that's what the Academy could do to make the Oscars more interesting is straight up lean into the drama, make it literally wrestling for a year. Like, you know, Will Smith and all them have to like they have to go around and campaign in order to get these Oscars. Like that's just part of the game. Let's televise that. Like, let's give them actual storylines. Would it be better? Yeah. No, but it would be really funny. Yeah. Like, like, like the only way they could get me to watch next year if they follow this Chris Rock, uh, Will Smith storyline, or something like that. Or they, they like, I remember seeing this thing where like they made like, if they made like The Rock present with Will Smith, <laughs> and then The Rock makes like a joke about Jada instead, and see how Will Smith reacts. <laughs> like that's something I would watch. But then like, that's the point. Is like I that's now that that this has happened. That's the only thing I'm kind of interested in when I. I, like next year, I'm not going to be thinking about the awards. I'm going to be thinking like, what's the craziest shit they're going to pull this year? You know, um, mm-hmm. and then like, then it's just like, what's what's the point of me watching? It doesn't matter anymore. Which I think too is like, that's a huge problem, right? Like, the whole Will Smith drama so heavily overshadowed the actual winners. Like, sure, um, in in a in a good year where nothing happens people don't care about the Oscars because people typically don't care about the Oscars, but in a good year where nothing happens, people have people that report on the Oscars have to report on the winners. Like Dune swept the technical categories and like, that's not even something that got reported on much. And it's hard. And it was hard to even like notice during the ceremony because all the technical categories were presented (laughs) before the awards and spliced in later. Yeah. Um, that that's one thing I actually really did like about last year's Oscars. Um, whoever direct, I can't was it Peyton Reed? Who, who directed uh, Steven them? Steven Soderbergh. Oh. Um, I don't know if he directed, but he 
produced he produced it oscars last okay. year well yeah i thought that was really cool how they were like trying to show ways of making the the technical awards more interesting mm-hmm. um i don't know if it worked because i don't know if general audiences care about it as much i don't um, think general audiences ever care and like that's not a rip on either that's not a rip on general audiences no one should no one except for the industry should care about these awards yeah so make them for, make these awards for people that actually care about them yeah, exactly. And I thought that was a really like nice way of doing it, if that makes sense. So um, I really appreciate that about last year. But yeah, this year they were like overlooked. So like something like Dune probably looks a lot less successful than it actually was in terms of award success. So, yeah, it got the most awards of any movie, I think, this year. Oh, for sure, yeah. And no one's talking about it. Um, because, yeah. Well, and then also, like, I felt so bad, like, Quest... Questlove wins his first Oscar for obviously a, a documentary that he was extremely passionate about, and no one was paying attention because all like that was right after the Will Smith thing, and it was just like, well, like you you taking away, like he took away the biggest man of this, the moment of this man's life, because mm-hmm. he took he took away a lot of the biggest moments of everyone's life of that in that night. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Oh, well. Yeah. I mean, as Bong Joon-ho has said in the past, like, these awards are a local ceremony. Like, who cares on a national, on a, on a world stage? Oh, yeah, it's it's for Hollywood. <laughs> like, yeah. It doesn't really matter that much in the long run. And, like, this year to me was just, th- this year to me was just, like, the Oscars you know, showing why no one should care outside of Hollywood. Mm, yeah. Unfortunate. Anyway. We'll see you uh, next year for our... <laughs> yeah, we'll see you next year for something related to the Oscars at least. Yeah. Um, anyway. So, Pierre, I have an idea for a movie I want to do. Uh, I want to do next week. And I'm pretty sure I presented this idea to you privately already. So, like, this isn't just a full surprise. But I recently had the opportunity to see a movie called Everything Everywhere All at Once. And I think that's what we should talk about next. Amazing. We will do that. What's the last word, Pierre? Slap.